Rob, why was it a big secret about us working together and where we got the material? Well, so it's just, yes, I mean, it was the backstory of the whole thing, right? But, and it was there all first season. I didn't mention it to them last year. Um, I thought that introducing the Autumn and Greg story too early would have prevented the story from taking on the power that it really needed to have to really develop its full potential with them. Introducing it too early would have, I just felt like taken away from it. If they knew about how you and I were working with it, uh, working with the text and doing our own thing, it, it might've broken the illusion that, that the whole book creates, you know, um, Autumn and Greg just sort of become Rob and Anna and, uh, and the magic is gone. Right. You know what I mean? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did you just say? You said you're you're inside the portal. You're stuck in the portal right now. <laughs> what do you mean? In, what does that mean? In you know, in I'll be thinking. What I mean is I'll be thinking about it because it was so intense for a while. It's just it's you know it's on my brain. I'll be you know dissecting it. You know. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go get some ibuprofen. I'm going to go that way. Bye. Bye. Okay. Shannon, we, where's Shannon? We need her. I need, I'm Shannon. sorry. I, oh. oh, hey guys. Sorry about that. Oh, hey. Shannon, Shannon, I'm stuck in the portal. Yeah, she's saying that she's stuck in the portal and I'm, I don't I'm, understand. I'm split. I'm stuck. I'm in the tower. Either. I'm here. There are two of me. I can't. I can move this one. I can't okay, get out. Okay, Lucy, calm down. Lucy, calm down. We're going to figure this out because we can't let Rob find out. Uh, okay. Oh, my God. What's he going to say? Uh, you I'm know what? We're not out. even going to. I'm freaking out. Okay, so. I'm, I'm stuck. Somebody needs to go inside tomorrow and figure this out while we're in there. Um, okay, Lucy. I'm gonna help you, okay? I, I, I'll go in tomorrow. We'll know. figure this out, all right? Okay. I'll and Kara okay. can give you, because Kara's been there before, so she can tell you how to get there and like where to go to the tower and the gate and the and the okay. poppy field and the, the forest and okay. the eyes. I just oh the eyes. It'll be okay, Lucy. We got this. I'll go in. It'll work out. It'll be fine. Rob's not gonna find out. Did you feel like you connected with your other side version of you at all? I think I saw glimpses. Yeah, we got a distance to go here. A glimpse, yeah. Well, we'll start doing the book, and I think that'll bring us closer to it. If we can start doing steady reads, we'll mm -hmm. just have you reading it over and over. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll get involved a little bit, but last time I feel like we mostly used you. Okay. So I think if we can get the experience of you reading it, but here's the thing about it. You know, last time we recorded, I feel like the words, like they lost meaning to us. We need to mm -hmm. keep real present with the story mm -hmm. of Autumn and what she did and keep that in the front of our minds and not let it, you know, become just like background noise. Okay. You speaking it, like you have to keep, you know, very mindful of the story and I have to be in the moment with you. Okay. And then, you know, we can make contact on the stage and hopefully we can move through to the other side. 
make contact with the other side. Right. Okay. You have to keep Autumn in, in the front of your mind. I think we need what to... What she did. Yeah, the story, her, whatever, Marissa, the whole thing. It, the process needs to be something we are actively thinking about. And I think it's my job to make sure we're doing that, that we're actively thinking through what it what was done, what is done, what this is all about. And then I think your side of this is to pull us over into the mm -hmm. sort of like subconscious flow of it right. to get our bodies moving and interacting. And then when, if we can do both at the same time, then we're going to move through. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. 3.1. 3 3.1. Axiom of assembly. 12 is fullness. And 13th, the proof. And the narrative. Three point three, the third narrative of Autumn Tremond. I brought a tape recorder for the static sound. One, the static was a mist, and I saw through the sound. Two, the sound was space, and the air ran scared, then crushed me at its center, then sat still around me. And the rock. Three, the static wasn't static anymore; it had a feeling. Four, so I took off my clothes and rubbed the ether on my skin. Four. Five. I arrived. Five. Just do five again. Five. Okay. Five. I arrived then and there. Six. Dressed like a constellation. Seven. And growling like a beast. Eight. So I became me and I wasn't there anymore. Nine, I was with the vortex, and the vortex was a portal. Ten, and the portal was a passage. One body lost its grip. One body gained its footing. Eleven, I was on the other side. Twelve, I was already there. Good, good. A lot of uh, commentary on this, I think, but uh, people don't say they're doing the commentary. Marissa Mars uh, 12 vortex demons or whatever I think is a direct reaction to this it feels like Tremond is suggesting that 12 and 13 may be actions and not people I don't know Introduction to the Book of Ecstasies and Transformations by T. Carl Rasmussen in 2020, while researching the supernatural use of sound as an occult technique, I discovered the Ecstasies and Transformations at the main library of the University at Maryland at College Park. The texts had not been cataloged, but a tip from one of the authors, the artist and scholar Robert C. Thompson, and a bit of good luck allowed me to pinpoint its location among the shelves. The original text is the work of three authors. The first is responsible for the axioms and descriptions of the tokens. The author is unknown. The second is responsible for the commentaries. The author is called Marissa Mars. 
Now, whether or not this is the name of an actual person, the pseudonym Marissa Mars has regularly featured as the author of a variety of texts attacking any work stemming from the book. The narratives are written in the first person by Autumn Tremond, who was the first person to achieve practical results with this particular iteration of the text. It is likely that the other versions have circulated unknown to me. Marissa Mars owned her copy before meeting Autumn Tremond and gave Tremond her first introduction to the axioms and tokens. It is unlikely that Mars herself wrote the original text since Gregory Vandermeer, a member of Mars's experimental circle called V, possessed his own copy of the original book at his family home, annotated by his grandfather and great-grandmother. This demonstrates that the original text is at least several decades older than Mars's commentaries and Tremont's narrative. Family lore surrounding the book suggests that it was purchased by Vandermeer's great-grandmother and a bookshop in Montreal around the turn of the century. Markings on the inside of the cover lend credence to the version of events. Thompson discovered Tremont's version, much as I discovered his. After retyping and adding his own narrative, he shelved the chapters more or less exactly where he found them. Hey, John. John, your phone's going off. Wait, what? You, you're sorry, your phone was just ringing. Shannon, what are you doing here? Well, it's my turn. What? Go in. Wait, what time is it? 4.34. Wait. Uh, okay. God damn it. I, I must have missed the night experiment. Uh, can you go check my uh, the recorder I have over by the portal? I got to call Savannah back. Okay, I'll go grab it for you. Hey, so guess what? What? Fell asleep, like, right after they got here yesterday. Like, oh, right, team? Of course you did, you sleepy man. You sleepy baby. You sleepy man baby. Okay, okay, that's enough. I don't remember pretty much anything from last night. It like, I, f I felt like I slept, but like, I felt like I was awake, like watching something at the same time, but like not what Nineteen was doing. It felt like a dream, but kind of real at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, I guess. <sighs> yeah, but anyway, like, I guess, I guess they're making fun of me for falling asleep because there's like a weird broom scarecrow in a coat. Like, right in the tree line. Jerks. Oh, well, you know what? It's okay. And I'm sorry for making fun of you, too. I, you know, it's really hard to stay awake for however long, like, what, three days that you were trying to stay awake for? Give or take. Um, you just really need to focus, you know? Like, you need to, like, do something every time you think that you're going to fall asleep. Like, you could, like, I don't know, like, pinch yourself, maybe, like, chew on something. Chew like, on something. Yeah, like, you know, like, if if you were falling asleep and you, like, picked up a rock off the ground and you started to bite on it, I feel like that would wake you up. I feel like it would just, like, a, give you adrenaline and your body's like, no, don't eat that. And you're like, but I am going to eat it, body. And that would probably help you stay awake, right? I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. That's just a little weird. I mean, I mean but everything about this situation is pretty weird. Oh, oh, and speaking of weird... Has there anything, has there been anything like out of the ordinary so far with I mean, like everything that's going on? I mean, Lucy like collapsed after her meditation and like she was being real coy about what was happening and like wouldn't give me straight answers. Oh, weird. I don't know. She was being real weird. Yeah. I feel like you definitely need to look into that. 
Yeah, I'm going to. I, I also wonder if like everybody's like been their sleep schedules maybe been thrown off because like the like all like all the meditations and the project and like having to do all of that while also, you know, I don't know. It's just tough to manage, I guess. Like I'm feeling like a ghost. Yeah, I imagine. Hey John, I found a recorder. Okay, cool. Thank you. I'll be right over. All right, I gotta go, Savannah. John, this is not John. This may sound like John, and I may be using John's recorder, but I'm not John. I am Marissa Mars. I repeat, I am not John. I am Marissa Mars. And I'm here to relay an urgent message to you in a voice that sounds oddly like you, but again, is not you. You need to look out for the couple. The real danger is the interdimensional female and interdimensional male inside the portal. They're vampires, and they're conspiring against the entire group, including you, John. Not me. I am not John. I am Marissa Mars. They're conspiring against you. Whoa, that's uh, <clears throat> freaky. Oh, hey, hey, John, what were we just listening to? Oh, nothing. Uh, nothing. Um, just last night's stuff, you know. Oh, can I listen? No, it's uh, I gotta go through it like by myself you know it's well, just I kind of help protocol. you go through it I really no, don't you, have other, you have other things you're doing it's fine I got it oh it's fine okay hey John I've been meaning to say something I just I don't really know how to say it but how okay. are you feeling have you I know you haven't been sleeping I mean, I'm just, tired I guess but John are you sure you don't need anything I can I can get you something I might um I can go to the vending machines and the, uh, the cafeteria or, you know what? I think I have some Dunkaroos in my purse. Actually, yes, I totally do. I'll go ahead and grab those for you real quick. I, I'm okay, really. I'm okay. I appreciate yeah. it, though. It's... it's okay. You know, like, they're, they're really, like, it'll be nice. Here, I'll just give you some Dunkaroos and I'll be back. I've actually never had one. Hey, Shannon, can you... Uh... Can you get over here real quick? We we need to start. Oh, okay. I'll be right there, Lucy. The portal's harvest feast attributed to Marissa Mars. You receive your invitation, something out of the ordinary but seemingly innocuous. Participate in a psychological experiment for cash, or maybe they'll frame it as art. A workshop for aspiring actors, an avant-garde performance piece in an abandoned warehouse. Once you arrive, there will be water and rocks and static, and eventually you'll cross the passage into the vortex. They might frame this as difficult or unlikely. They'll say, only some of the participants will have this experience of psychic travel. Actually, everyone will succeed in making the journey. The portal is hungry and leaves nothing behind. They'll say, you may experience a feeling like splitting in two. Actually, everyone will have this experience. They'll say, you may leave your double behind. Actually, everyone will leave their double behind. Because this is the harvest. A vital part of your consciousness will remain in this nowhere place, forever separated from your astral being. This gloss revenant is not your internal observer, which is impossible to sever in any meaningful way, but a segment of your vital energy, which exists in a finite supply and is circulated throughout the universe as it is gathered up by your internal observers to generate life. Ultimately, the portal ruse is the first step, dipping toes into an effort to balance the supply of vital energy between dimensions. 
At present, our dimension is more substantial because of our store of vitality, but the second world aspires to invert the equation and colonize reality, relegating us to the sphere of dreams. The gate to the poppies. The gate to the poppies. Gate to the poppies. The gate to the poppies. The gate to the poppies. The gate to the poppies. Gate to the poppies. The gate to the poppies. The 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 poppies. I think you found it. I think you're there. I'm here. But I'm also there. I'm so sorry, Lucy. I, I can't do this. I I need to get out. It's okay. Kara can still get us out. Yeah, don't right. worry, Shannon. We got you. I was at this speech that I've never seen before, and I was trying to find Lucy's tower, but then I came across these poppies that led to a fence and I walked through the fence and then I saw this throne it was a magnificent throne but it was very eerie and I just it felt like it was calling to me but then these lightning bugs started to appear and and then I started thinking wasn't that what Anna had on her necklace was it a lightning bug but I don't think it was. I think it was a butterfly, but then I started spiraling thinking, well, if it was a lightning bug, what would that mean? I'm in both places. I'm here, but I'm also there. And then I met her, this woman who took me to Lucy. She took me there, and Lucy, you're sitting at the other end of the table, and I, I was trying to talk to you, I was trying to help you, or see where we were, and explain, like, or try to figure out what was going on, but it's like, you weren't, you weren't listening to me, you weren't listening to me, and I just didn't understand why, but then the woman told me that you would be able to understand if I sat down. Come sit with me. So I did. Come sit. And... It didn't make sense before when you were explaining it, when you said you were here, but also there, but now I get it. Dark Pool is created and performed by the Alchemical Actors. To dive deeper or to donate, visit darkpoolproject.com.